Hi, everybody. Mike and Kenton here. Uh, we're so excited to be in this series and so excited that many of you have been emailing and talking to us. And um, we have two goals for this time. One is to continue the conversation by reflecting on what God did in the church over the weekend. And then the second thing is we want to get to your questions uh, in a little bit. So we just want to start. We talked about the inside and the outside of the cup last weekend, the issue of hypocrisy. Um, Kenton, where did you feel like God really spoke um, uh, to you and uh, to the church in Irvine? And then where, where were some areas that you would have loved to have spent some more time? I loved what we talked about, and I think that God used his word. That idea of us being a cup, and you know, all of us in all of our services use the cup to make it this powerful tool. And I love it, because even as I've had coffee every morning since then, that sense of... Multiple times. Yeah, I do. To look at it and go, am I going to act this week? Am I going to pretend? Am I going to live to the world script? Or am I going to live a different way? And my coffee cup has been a great reminder of that. But I love, just as we talked about the script, and as I've thought about it, and as people have, as they came and talked to me, a script really does make us people who don't have to think. When we get into any situation, if I'm uncomfortable... If I'm awkward, um, I don't really know what to do. There's somebody that needs something. I can flip into this script and become uncaring. I don't have to care about the poor that's in front of me. I can, mm-hmm. whatever my script is, if I just hand them a dollar yeah, or whatever, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm personally much more mindful of this Christian facade that becomes this non-thinking, not caring, easy way to respond and I find myself falling into it and saying, wait a second, I'm not even real. I'm just yeah. going through the motions and acting. And so that's how it, it's personally impacted me. That, and it keeps me from Jesus because then I never have to stop and say, yeah. Jesus, who am I? What am I? How am I feeling? How am I thinking? How do I want to react to that? So personally, the message has uh, reacted I mean, it's hit me real strong. But what I loved is how people responded, Mm -hmm. that sense of, you know what? I care too much about what people think. And I want to live with God as the one audience that matters. That was, I think, the most important thing we talked about. Mm -hmm. And I think if, you know, for me, that's how I'm using that cup every day. I don't want to act and live for people's. Uh, I don't want to manage their expectations, what they think about me. God, I want to live for you today and you alone. And, you know, what a life-changing thought that is. And a number of people came up, and and they got that, and I think they're trying to live with that. So I love that. How about you? What did you love about it? You know, um, I loved many things. Part of it was the gospel is a a new inside of the cup. So instead of, you know, pride, lust, greed... Um, it's son or daughter, it's priest, it's minister. And then, and then if you start living uh, secure in those things, the outside uh, naturally follows. Um, uh, for me, last night we were at Rooted and we were doing our prayer experience, and we were talking about a passage that was the people had questions on, and so they look at me <laughs> and they say, okay, what's it mean? And I really had no idea. I really had the thought. And I, I took and that's a second. something, right? I know, seriously, it, And you're huge. admitting it here right now. Mike doesn't know. <laughs> but I was so tempted in that moment mm-hmm. to make something up. I really was. And I literally <laughs> thought about the idea of polishing the outside of the cup, and I'm like, you know, I don't 
No, and it was so good for me. Uh, and so that's how the cup served as a bit of reminder for me. But I love this conversation. The gospel is God coming close to us. The gospel is a new heart. The gospel uh, is the integration of my real self with the false self that I try to portray. Um, what we're doing is not only beating up on all the substitutes that can stand in the way of Jesus, but we're holding it up te- next to the real thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hope, you know, they. I've, I have a friend who worked in the Secret Service, and the way that they train uh, Secret Service agents to spot counterfeit money is by not showing them counterfeits, but by immersing them in the real thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, so the counterfeits just jump out. And I feel like that's what we're doing a little bit in this series. We're just immersing ourselves uh, in the real thing. And this week we're going to talk We've got an exciting conversation coming up about the ways in which religion loads people down and, um, and how Jesus kind of provides a light and easy yoke and what all of that means. So there is a ton of stuff coming. But let's hit some questions because we got some juicy ones. Sound good? All right. All right. Uh, we have a guy named Phil who emailed in. And Phil asked a great question about uh, the relationship of Jesus and in Christianity and Jesus in the Mormon church. But that really is an unimportant question next to his second one, which was having the audacity to declare that the Beatles are better than Pearl Jam. Um, and I just want to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And that just, <laughs> Phil, that says more about you, bro, than it says about anything else. So next question. Okay. All right. This is from uh, a lady who says, my question is this. What were people supposed to do before Jesus to find salvation? This week we talked about how the rituals were worthless. I know they could pray and try to listen for God, which people did, and God responded. So what changed after Jesus came? Which is a brilliant question. So when we talk about uh, religion, that Jesus hates religion— Obviously, they're, they're, we have a very specific target we're going after. Religion, the, the way the word's used uh, in the Bible is it's empty ritual, it's empty regulation, it's empty rule-keeping. Um, and, and the way that God goes after it is, he, is whenever the rules become a substitute for the real thing, that's when Jesus, that's when God kind of come after. Or it's the idea of using it for us to span the gap. It's our way of moving to God instead of God's way of coming to us. Exactly right. So her question is, what were they supposed to do in the Old Testament? And I think the one-line answer is to believe what God said. And so in the Old Testament, God says, I want you to um, go through these beautiful seasonal activities that what we keep saying is that they were the movie trailers. So if it was the sacrificial system in the Old Testament... If it was the Day of Atonement, um, whatever those were, they were these powerful pictures that's the movie trailer. And so I look at them and I think there's these people who are saying, okay, God, you said that as I come to the sacrificial system and, and I bring my dove or I bring whatever the sacrifice was, somehow, some way, you're going to make this right. What are they doing? They're displaying faith that's that right. God will work. And so it's always faith. In a God who's going to make things right. See, that is, Kenton, that is so absolutely critical. We have this view of the Old Testament where it was works 
and now the New Testament's grace. And that's not true. You have to understand this, guys. The whole story is grace and faith. That's Paul's big argument in the book of Romans. When he's saying it's by grace and faith, and he's pointing to Abraham, and he's pointing to the Old Testament. The law was given to a people already redeemed, already delivered, already shown grace. And God tells them this all over the book of Deuteronomy. I didn't choose you because you're great. I didn't choose you because you're numerous. I chose you because I chose you, and I love you. End of story. That's grace. Their response was to be faith in the same way that ours is, right? Ephesians 2. It's been, uh, it's grace. We've been saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. And we are God's workmanship to do good works, which God planned in advance for us to do. That's gospel. It's grace, it's faith, and then we're empowered to live. Right. So, and that's what Romans says. If anyone could have been saved by works, it would have been Abraham, Romans right. 4. That's right. And he says, that's right. no, Abraham wasn't. He believed God. And what did God ask him to do? God said, I want you to leave your country. I want you to trust me. I want you to follow me. And he believed what God said. So in the Old Testament, there's lots of things that God is saying. And then I think more importantly for us, the question is, can somebody uh, come to God not through Jesus today? Practically speaking, not really, because people know Jesus. And the question is, can I deny Jesus? No, Jesus is God's revealed word. And so it is the way that we get to God, because God has revealed himself through Jesus, and God says, this is my living word, this is the truth, so by believing in Jesus, but when you believe in Jesus, you're believing in what God has revealed to be true. That's right. What he said, same as in the Old Testament. So, so the rituals, so I would just clarify one last thing before we move on. The rituals weren't worthless. What was worthless was people's confidence in the ritual. Because the rituals didn't save them. It was what stood behind it. It was the reality behind and their faith in the reality behind right. it that saved them. Because we have rituals now, right? Communion, right. baptism. Though those can Child dedication. Yes. Those can be really empty things, like the sometimes they were in the Old Testament and, and the rituals they went through in sacrifice and so on. Or they can be very meaningful things. And so the heart is always the issue. Great, great question. All right, number two. This is really good, too. My question is, why are you a Christian? Why not another religion or just follow the Lord without religion? Would it be wrong to not be religious? I'm not all that familiar with the Bible. Could you possibly give me a link in the Bible to where Christian is mentioned or talked about? Thank you. Hmm. That's a great question. You want to take a swing of that? Okay, so following Jesus, is the that's the essence of what we're saying. And to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, means that I love Jesus. His word, because it's how we get to know him. I love his people, uh, which is the celebration of what is called the church, the gathered people together, because it is the body of Christ. It's where I see his love in action. I experience his love in many ways. So the idea of I can love Jesus and not love his people, that's not really possible, because to love Jesus is to love his people. The way I think of it is, you know, if you're going to love me, you're going to love my children, you're going to love my family. How can you love me and not love my family? They're too integrated into who I am. And I think the question of this person is saying, I want to follow Jesus. Um, so what's the simplest way to do that? Well, you go to God's word, you look at what he says, you go and you get around other people who are in love with Jesus, trying to follow Jesus. And that's a part of what the church is. The first time the term was used was for people who loved Jesus in Antioch, and they were called uh, Christians. They were people who believed that Jesus or Christ 
lived in them. And so that's where the term came from, is the idea of people believing that Christ actually lived inside of them. And so that's Christian. That's, that's what it means. And so anybody who loves Jesus is going to love people who have Jesus living inside of them, and they're trying to pursue Jesus. I like that. I think um, one of the things that differentiates Jesus, and we're going to talk about it this weekend, is Jesus invites us to come to him directly and not come to his religion. He didn't say, come to Christianity. He said, come to me. And we're going to spend some more time on this. So why am I a Christian? Well, I went to Jesus first, and the Christianity came from that. I think a lot of times people feel like you got to get a Christian, you got to be a Christian in order to get to Jesus. In my experience, it happened the reverse, that I came to Jesus and all of a sudden went, oh my goodness, there's this whole tradition and there's this church and there is, there's all this like really incredible doctrine. And so I've come to believe it because I think it's true. I've come to believe it because it satisfies the deep needs of my heart. I've come to believe it because I've seen Jesus do things that are absolutely unexplainable any other way. And so uh, depending on where uh, this person's coming from, follow after Jesus, spend time in the Gospels, spend time with the Bible by yourself, and ask the question, um, does this resonate? Because for me, we, we think we know Jesus, but when you come to the real thing, you recognize, oh my goodness, the stereotypes that culture has, or even sometimes the church produces, hold nothing next to the real thing. Anything more to add on that? No, I think that's it. All right, last question. We got to be quick on this. Uh, how do we relate to uh, folks that are Mormon? And Mariners has a lot to say on this because of the, the big Mormon temple up, up the road. Uh, this question is, how do we address those in the Mormon faith? They believe in Jesus too. They don't have the same understanding. Uh, and that may prove to be an inhibitor of access to God. But how do we make that argument tastefully? We already have, as Christ followers, a poor reputation for saying that Jesus is the only way. Do we then need to add by saying that not only Jesus is the only way, but it has to be based on who we interpret Jesus to be? The Bible is clear on this. I'm just not sure how to communicate it without offending their faith. Well, I think the first statement that we have to agree to is Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with God. And it isn't religion, it is Jesus. And so when we say that Jesus is the exclusive Savior, we understand that is always going to be offensive to the world. It's exclusive, it seems intolerant, it's narrow, it has all of these words that just light people up in our culture. You know, that's true. Um, what we've tried to do is create a conversation so that people can talk because what we found out because they were down the street they needed to use our parking lot we wanted to be a good neighbor uh, number a number of them have come over and so we've been in great conversations with them so mike what do you say well first of all i would i just affirm the conversation i think you know one of the things we want to say is there's good in all the religions there's there are aspects of truth everywhere and so as followers of jesus we believe all truth is god's truth and so i can affirm somebody in another faith for the things they believe that are true. You know, they, they do affirm the family. They do uh, have a very high view of, uh, the, the, of followers of Jesus to live a countercultural life and so on. And so I affirm the conversation. The second thing is I, I think this person's right, that because we have such a poor reputation for saying it, um, we need to thoughtfully engage in these sorts of conversations. For me, when I have conversations with Mormon missionaries, I've tried it one of two ways. One way I've tried it is I go to my Bible and we talk through the Greek and we do the thing, and that's not gotten me a lot of places. Um, 
Or what I'll do is uh, I had some Mormon missionaries who just would come over and we would talk about life. And I would just encourage them, read your Bible and tell me, if you just had the Bible, would you come up with Mormon doctrine? If you just, if you just had the Bible, that's all you had, would you come to believe that Jesus was literally a son of God, a brother to Lucifer, um, you know, one of many gods, or would you believe something else? And that was the way uh, to have the most fruitful conversation, just to be genuine without an agenda, to listen to them, to get to know them as people, and then just to point them back to the unfiltered word of God to say, if you just had that, would you get this? And uh, I had a lot of success with that. So uh, maybe this provokes more conversation. If so, email us your further questions. We uh, are very, very blessed to get to do what we do, and we're thankful for you. And we pray and have been praying that God will continue to reveal himself to you uh, as, as the, the uh, author and perfecter of faith, as the one who shows us what God is like. Peace be with you. And to you. Amen.